eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. And we are going to get into the mock drafts. And so hold on while I share my screen here. I'm going to have it popped up if you're listening to this and you want to eat the actual board. It's uh, displayed up to our left here. I'm going to go through all of these picks and kind of identify, okay, what's weird? What 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 do we think is realistic? What's not? <laughs> we use pro football focus. So, you know, one one of the themes of pro football focus is clearly not a huge Jaden Daniels fan in terms of whatever algorithm they're using. Because in both of these mock drafts, he fell not just out of the top three, but well out of the top three. And so, I joke with you when I fired it up the first time, boom, pick number 14, Jaden Daniels was still on the board. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, it's it's weird because like the the idea that I you know one of the reasons that I like to do these mock drafts is not necessarily to be right every time or to but like you get like a oh, bubble of like players that are available. Yeah, it's just to kind of make decisions, and every time it's a little different. And so he's like, "Well, I kind of want an offensive tackle, but this guy's here." But like it, leaving it as Jaden Daniels, like of course, if Jaden Daniels got to fourteen, you would draft Jaden Daniels. <laughs> like that's not even worth talking about. But he's not going to get to fourteen. And if he does, that means that he probably like broke his leg at the combine or something <laughs> like we don't need to go through that maybe, but it is going to be interesting. And over the course of the next month, it's like at this point last year, I was able to, I think our first mock draft, I was able to get Anthony Richardson at 22. And then, and I was like, yeah, of course I'm taking Anthony Richardson at 22. He ended up going what? Number four. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of annoying. So we didn't, we redid it and he went in a more reasonable spot. Um, but so the, one of the interesting things in this mock is Drake may went number one overall over Caleb Williams. And I do think it's going to be interesting because you're, you're talking about a team like last year. I think 
midway through the process, I was like, I think CJ Stroud is the number one overall pick and I would be taking CJ Stroud, but everyone was like, nah, it's going to be Bryce Young. And the right. Panthers went with Bryce Young, but that doesn't mean it's the right pick just because it's a popular pick. And you can make the same argument about Caleb Williams. Like, did ever, did his teammates go to his birthday party? Have we Do we know? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. But yeah, with, with Caleb, I've, I've even seen like people questioning, could, could Jaden Daniels even be that number one spot? But PFF does not believe that. <laughs> no, PFF is clearly, and, and it is, that's why we, you know, I think maybe we do next time we'll use a different uh, service to see if maybe right. these boards vary. Um, but yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams, uh, you know, there's going to be some weirdos out there. Like, hey, but he paints his nails. He does paint his nails. It's just kind of, you know, self-expression, I guess. I go. think it was. That gets a demerit. Knock him down the board. Yeah, basically, you know, if there, I kind of have a rule. If it's like if Joe, if Cole Beasley doesn't like something, it's probably the side you don't want to be on, <laughs> right? Like if, if it's like if I see Cole Beasley on Twitter being like, "Oh, what a weirdo!" I'm like, "Yeah, oh, this is a good safe place to be." Is opposite of whatever Cole Beasley is arguing for. <laughs> Sounds like me uh, and my NFL picks. Yeah, so we'll see. I bet Cole Beasley wouldn't draft Caleb Williams number one overall. Because he's a weirdo. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Drake May number one, Caleb Williams number two. I I think most people agree that that's going to be one and two, and in large part because, you know, I think Washington really needs a quarterback. The thing that doesn't make sense to me here is the Patriots not taking a quarterback. Right? Um, Who the hell's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? Yeah, like you're going with Mac Jones. No, I'm sorry. I think it's more likely that the Bears trade down to number three if they're not taking Caleb Williams than take Drake May which would make a ton of sense. They would net a bunch of assets and then they could take Marvin Harrison Jr. Patriots could go get Caleb Williams for their new quarterback, whoever it is. Or I'm sorry, Jamar Drod Mayo is their new quarterback. I'm sorry, their new their new head coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think this is how it's going to go. Even if Drake May is the first quarterback off the board, I don't think it's going to be the Bears picking them, but we're not doing trades. Either way, I, I think the first four picks are interesting. And number four, you have Malik <laughs> Neighbors from LSU going off the board, which, you know, that's pretty high too. But there's a lot, a couple interesting wide receivers in this in this draft. Uh, Arizona, uh, what's his name? The QB there would love to have another weapon uh, at wide receiver, like a, a Malik Neighbors. And from all things, uh, I guess we can glean from things is they're going to stick with uh, Kyler Murray. What's his Kyler Murray? Kyler thank Murray. you, Mr. Yeah. Call of Duty at quarterback over there. He had a really good finish to the season. Right, and he was the number one overall pick. Like you, you, you paid him a ton of money. Uh, the the they're going to want to stick with him if they can. If it's not a complete teardown, and you know, I don't think I think they had a decent finish to the season. Relative, like they always knew that it was going to be a really tough start with Kyler not being out there. Um, so I don't I don't think that they're going to hold that against him. And you know, yeah, Arizona, I mean, Arizona was kind of like the Texans, whereas the fact that they were a pesky little team that they didn't quit on games and was always a problem. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon, you know, uh, first year head coach. They, he got he had him playing hard. Like you can't you can't look right. at that team and say they didn't play hard. They just I think they were at a talent deficit, and so it would make sense to get Kyler Murray that weapon in Malik Neighbors. Um, so number five, Brock Bowers, first tight end off the board, pretty high. You know, I I still you know it's hard for me to really believe that a tight end is going to go in the top five. But I guess if there was ever one, it would be <laughs> Brock Bowers, um, Joe Alt. From Notre Dame, which sounds like it sounds like a keyboard shortcut, right? Uh, he's the first tackle off the board, 
And then this is one that, you know, I, I think every year, I think people get a little overhyped about wide receivers and they have them way high up the board and then they end up dropping a little bit. I feel like Romeo Dunze is going to be like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know Romeo Dunze enough. Maybe I didn't watch him enough, but I didn't, when I watched him play, I didn't see a guy who was a top 10 NFL draft pick. And like, that's not to say I don't like Romeo Dunze a lot, but you're talking about number six overall. For a guy who played in the Pac-12 and didn't win the Bletnikov, or did he win the Bletnikov? Who won the Bletnikov? Oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. won it. Like, right. I don't know. Like, to me, that's real high. Number seven overall for for a guy who you could say it's like, well, who made who made the receiver? Was it Michael Penix? Did he make Mayadunze look better than he was against Pac-12 competition? Maybe. I don't know. I just think, like, like Justin Jefferson was the number 22 overall pick. Yeah. That's this number seven for a wide receiver feels really high to me. No, I, I agree with you there. I, I, I don't think it's anything that mind blowing, eye popping that he does that really stands out to garner that high of a pick. I mean, he's like, he, he I think he's Keenan Allen in the NFL, right? Like, he's that type of receiver. He is big. He's six three, right? He's two sixteen. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I am. My maybe I have a Pac twelve bias. That's probably yeah. what's going on. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Keeping going down. So this is where Jaden Daniels goes. Sorry, he goes Saints number fans, eight to the right. Falcons. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, of course, that's what happens in my mock draft. Uh, would hate to see it. Obviously, makes a ton of sense for Atlanta, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is a steal for Atlanta. Absolutely. Um, it makes me wonder if this is a scenario. Like, I don't want to see the Saints trade up because I don't think they're in a position where they should feel like trading up is the best option. But if the Titans aren't sold on a wide receiver here and that's who they're looking at and they, they think we can trade down and still get this guy, maybe the Saints try to jump. The, like, the Saints aren't going to trade with the Falcons. But could no. they jump the Falcons? Like, this is the range where yeah. I where I consider it. I still don't think it's likely. But this is the range where I'm like, I could I go up to seven? What do I have to give up to get to seven and, and get Jaden? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know how much the Saints like Jaden Daniels, but I think you should. Uh, I don't know if he would be available at seven. Uh, but if there I still somebody, don't think he's getting out of the top three. Right, right, exactly. But if there was somebody they were that interested in, I could see, yeah, leapfrogging the Falcons and you know pulling one over on them would make a lot of sense. I just don't know what you're moving up to get. And, and it is interesting because, you know, if the Bears don't want to take a quarterback and they trade down to number three, so you do have those right. top two go. But so if 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 the Bears don't take a quarterback, where where who's the next team that could take a quarterback? I think the Cardinals are fine with, with Kyler. The Chargers aren't drafting a quarterback. They got Herbert. Right. The Giants, how sold are you on Daniel Jones? I think that's maybe number six is where they picked Daniel Jones. So clearly... You know that's not something outside their their, their uh, wheelhouse, but it was a different GM at that point. It was uh, yeah. Gettleman. So yeah, I mean, realistically, if the if no one trades up, then yeah, I could see him getting to eight. I have a hard time seeing him getting past, you know, the Jets at ten, right? Um. So or even the Falcons at eight. I think that's probably the you know if 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 Jane Daniels dropped to eight and the Falcons didn't take him, I would just be like lose all faith in that organization. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like when uh, even if they, you know, I've seen the rumors already. They're gonna, you know, sign Belichick and pair him up with the Kirk Cousins. You still need your quarterback in the future because Cousins yeah. is up there in age. Yeah, and, and and I mean the Falcons have assets. Like they're not a team that's traded a bunch of future picks, so yeah. you know they'll be able to add pieces too. And they're gonna have a high second rounder 
Um, so we'll see. You know, number nine, Cooper DeJean, you know, taking the Jason Seahorn mantle of white cornerbacks. Right. Uh, which, I don't know, where was where was Jason Seahorn drafted? I'm curious. I don't know, but I was surprised to see uh, DeJean that high. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I didn't watch a ton of Iowa, but Iowa was, right. you know, one of those teams that, you know, played defense and did nothing else. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's 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 impressive for for him. Uh, Richard Mendenhall would be would would have some thoughts probably. Um, based, you know. Uh, but anyway, Taliese Fuaga uh, to the Jets at number ten. This is where the you know this is where the offensive tackles start coming off the board. And I think it's if you're not trading up for a quarterback, but you are feeling like okay, you've already seen one offensive tackle come off the board, ten and eleven. You know, you're you're kind of feeling like, man, I really like one of these two guys, and I and I desperately need a tackle to rebuild my tackle depth. Maybe this is where you swing a trade because it, it's going to cost you, but it's not going to cost you that much to go up from 14 to maybe 10. Right, you can manage uh, that. So, and and if you don't feel like that guy's going to get to you, Dallas Turner, Alabama edge rusher at 12 to the Broncos. Um, so the 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 other offensive tackle, I guess I'll try to say his name is. Olamayiwa Bashanu out of Penn State. Um, then, yeah, 10 and 11, back-to-back, tough tough names. Yeah. Uh, Jerzon Newton, uh, interior defensive lineman from Illinois. And then we get to number 14. So, dun, 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 dun. What, is the, what is the song? Uh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there you go. Well, who do you pick? Uh, with the 14th overall pick in the draft, the New Orleans Saints select Jared Verse out of Florida State, 6'4", 260, uh, hopefully bringing that mean back to that defensive line that needs help there, obviously, getting to the quarterback. We know Cam's getting up in age. So many failed attempts at another edge rusher. Hopefully, Verse is the man and not from a, a school that everyone's scratching their head going, from where? <laughs> Yeah, that's the only the only problem I have with this pick is that he's not out of like South Central Indiana by way of Hartford or you know like something like that. Like it's like oh Florida State, what are you talking about? We know too much yeah, about him. Yeah. Um. No, I, I can't hate this pick. If the Saints ended up, you know, we did the positions of need thing in the other day, and I put Edge Rusher in green just because you have a lot of names and you just need them to deliver. I still wouldn't. I would be completely fine if they took an Edge Rusher at number fourteen because man, I would love to see you know because for for a couple reasons one. You know, he's the number two edge rusher off the board, right? You're not talking about the fourth or fifth rated guy. This would be either your first or second rated edge rusher. And uh, you're just saying, you know what? I'm tired of these experiments. I'm tired of these projects. We're going to get a yes. blue chip defensive end and have That's him. That's exactly go my thinking. <laughs> you know, and, and like you could say, yeah, I mean, you really still want to see something out of Peyton Turner. You feel good about Carl Granderson developing over time, but I would still be perfectly fine with, with this. And, and, and so you, you did see those tackles come off the board, right? And that's kind of where if one of these tackles got to you, I would probably feel differently. I don't think you're going to draft a cornerback in the first. You saw, you know, Laitu Latu at UCLA. A lot of tough names in this draft. Sure, Terry right. Arnold, cornerback at Alabama, goes to the Colts. Uh, and then we can kind of go through some of the other names here. But now I, I, I can't hate that pick. 
Well, you mentioned tackle uh, coming off a few picks later was Latham from Alabama, who was a consideration. Yeah, J.C. Latham, he went 18 to the Bengals. I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Kool-Aid McKinstry, another cornerback. I don't think you're taking a cornerback in the first round. I agree. Um, I don't think this is the year you do it. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson went to the Jags at 17. Uh, another tackle, Amarius Mims, went to Georgia. I'm sorry, went to Pittsburgh out of Georgia. Troy, Flank, Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon, went to the Dolphins. Braylon Trice, this is, he's another edge rusher I've seen people looking at for the Saints. Brian Thomas Jr. No, Mel Kuyper put out a mock draft and had Brian Thomas Jr. going to the Saints at 14. I thought yeah, that was, was a bit high. high. Yeah, I definitely. also don't I also don't see Brian like BC the Saints as particularly wide receiver needy right now. I think that you're gonna see a lot more mock drafts put wide receiver on the Saints because I don't think they have much respect for Rashid Shahid or, or A.T. Perry, but I think internally there is a lot of respect for Rashid Shahid and A.T. Perry. So I don't think they're going to make a need pick for a wide receiver unless, like, again, like if Adunze, right? He's not a number seven overall pick, but maybe he is the 14th overall pick if he gets there. But uh, he went to the the Texans at number 23, and, man, the Texans just get scarier and scarier every time you see him make a pick. <laughs> yeah, to me, at uh, 14, I would definitely consider a Brock Bowers if you're talking wide receiver oh, there yeah. just because he fills that dual need of the, of the tight end, obviously, and a pass catcher, and I think that would be a great pick at 14. He's also the only tight end that has come off the board. Right, yeah, um, for sure. To this point. Ennis Rakestraw Jr., that's a heck of a name. <laughs> uh, Missouri cornerback going to the Cowboys. Leonard Taylor III, Miami uh, defensive tackle going to the Packers. Then Jordan Morgan, another tackle going to the Bucks. Yeah, a lot of tackles. There are a lot of tackles. Chris Braswell, edge rusher going to the Cardinals. And then Devontae Walker, wide receiver out of North Carolina, going to the Bills. Ladd McConkey, you know, Georgia wide receiver. I I don't know if I'm if I'm sold on Ladd McConkey as a first round pick, but a lot of people <laughs> have Ladd McConkey as a first round pick. And I just feel like he's a he's one of those guys that's just like he's played for Georgia for so long. That you're just like, yeah, he wins games, and right. you know, I just think, like he, there's so much talent, and this is why like the the prospects right now are hard to grade, and this is why the combine and the Senior Bowl are so important because, uh, you know, Georgia wide receivers like it matters who you line up against, and it matters what the defense has to focus on, and and what defense is focusing on Lad McConkey, so can he can he make plays a lot easier knowing that Brock Bowers is in that offense. Then you know, is he like a first round pick? A first round wide receiver got is expected to be a wide receiver one, right? Is Vlad McConkey a wide receiver one in the NFL? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about number 29, so you're talking about a fringe second round pick. So maybe you know, you're talking about the Chiefs that they can make it work. Pat Mahomes has done a lot more with a lot less. Um, but I don't know, we'll see. Uh, as we round things out here with, with my first round, it just Really surprising uh, to me. A glaring name left off is is Michael Penix. Michael Penix, yeah, I, I think he is a second round pick. Bo Nix also didn't go in this mock. Right, right, um, exactly. So you I saw just, one tight end, right, and 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 only three quarterbacks. So I don't think that there's any way in hell that happened. I think both Penix and Nix are first rounders. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think once you get past like once you get to like the late. You know, like so. One of the issues with with getting a quarterback picked late is the teams that pick late are typically teams that don't need a quarterback. Right. Exactly. So you figure so maybe like, someone trades back in. 
Yeah, r- right. That could happen. But like the Ravens aren't picking a quarterback. 49ers aren't picking a quarterback. Lions aren't picking a quarterback. Chiefs aren't picking a quarterback. Bills aren't picking a quarterback. Cardinals, we're now we're back to 27. This is just going back from the end of the draft. Yeah, right. Now we're at 27. Cardinals didn't pick a quarterback at four. I don't think they're picking a quarterback at 27. Bucks Camping made Bucks. Now you're talking. Yeah, I could see the Bucks going with a Knicks or a Penix here. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's possible to get out. I mean, Two years ago, I, I was convinced there wasn't a first-round quarterback and only Kenny Pickett went off, and I don't think anyone still thinks Kenny Pickett is a first-round quarterback. So sometimes, <laughs> like, it, everyone wants to convince themselves that the quarterbacks in the draft are good enough, right. and sometimes they're not. Yeah. Like, the best quarterback in that draft was Brock ba- Brock Brock Purdy. So I don't know. but Yeah, and I know, obviously, the attraction of a first-round QB, two is uh, that, that extra year, but... Yeah, but like it's it's like that that fifth year option is so expensive that a lot of times it doesn't make sense to pick it up anyway. A quarterback. No, so um, yeah, it, it, it is curious. I, I just find it uh, pretty amusing that, there, yeah, there was only three quarterbacks drafted in the first round here. Yeah, and they, and one of them fell. So yeah, I mean, like I just think it's funny because like two years ago, everyone was like convincing themselves, trying to talk themselves into Malik Willis, and like at the Senior Bowl, everyone was like, "Ah, oh, Malik Willis looks so good." But- well, I, I feel like a lot of folks are trying to talk J.J. McCarthy into the first round, and I'm like, get out of here. Come on. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that to <laughs> yourself. But no, I, I think this is a, I think this is interesting, and I, I kind of like doing it this way because this, this, this segment, we focused a lot on the first-round picks, and we're going to end up talking about a lot of the same players in the next segment, but we can kind of skip a little past them because like, I don't need to give you my Romeo Dunze take again. Right. Uh, and then we can get into some of the second-round guys, and like Bo Nix, Michael Penix are in the second round of that draft. So that'll be a good way to kind of break up some of the stuff we're talking about. But is there anything else you want to you want to note uh, before we move on to the next one? No, just the fact that obviously you know this is our, our first one, and uh, it does make things difficult, somewhat you know off skew when you look at where they have someone like a Jaden Daniels going in this draft because I just don't believe he gets out the top five. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's that's the thing is like that's where like I think quarterbacks more than any other position are impacted by <laughs> the combine and yeah and some of these pro days because it's really you know like you can you, you every offense is different and you know it's kind of like it's kind of like uh like we talked to um this is different but it's similar Darren Rizzi always says like you know when you look at kickers in college like like Blake Groupie for instance. You, it's really not worth looking at their stats because the way you kick in college is completely different in than what do you do as an NFL kicker and like the process is different like the the coaching isn't as good the expectations aren't as high um and I think that's kind of like particularly for the quarterback position it's a lot more about your processing and how you react to certain situations and you aren't always presented with those situations in college you know and like so I think that in in that like and it's part of the process that people don't see. And so I think that's why a lot of times it's not thought of as as important as it is, but like those interviews with quarterbacks are hugely important. You know, and sometimes it can it can talk you out of a guy that you should take like CJ Stroud because everyone's talking about his his uh you know those testing that like second next second whatever the test scores and all this and then he gets to the NFL and it's like clearly those were not very a good indicator of his future success. So well, we'll see. But I agree. I think Jaden is going to grade out very well in the, a lot of these things. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, it's going to have to be some kind of serious injury or other 
God forbid, legal troubles that suddenly pop up for Daniels that make him fall. It's just not, don't see that happening. Or maybe he has little baby hands like like, like Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Burrow still went one. Yeah. 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 Although Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett might, like Joe Burrow was so good that it didn't matter. Same with Pat Mahomes. <laughs> but Kenny Pickett, who I think it was like, he wears two gloves for a reason, guys. Anyway. All right. Let's, let's wrap up this segment. We'll come back. We'll dive into my mock draft, which is first and second round. So we'll spend a bit more time in that one talking about the second round and, and some guys that I think are interesting. But all right, who that? This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Noaki, Steve Geller. We will be right back. <laughs> 